You're listening to Forget Being Cool. Oh, man, I wish I was just recording for that. Welcome to Listening In, the place where music checks in. Josh, 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 Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We listened to an album this week. We sure did. And you allowed me to pick. (laughs) I'm just, I'm hoping this is not a sign of things to come. Spectre at the Feast. The seventh studio album. From a band I'm guessing you didn't like, Josh. Tell me. Just tell me how you're feeling. Okay, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club is, well, as of this recording, they've been around for about 20 years, which is, of course, an accomplishment. But they're a band from San Francisco, mostly with a mix of alt-rock, some garage rock stuff, a bit of blues, and a bit of psych rock thrown in as well. I would define this album as jam rock, which I know is not a thing. But that's how I'm going to describe it. <laughs> you know, I I might say that in parts, but my only exposure to this band prior to listening to this record was a song from their 2007 album, Baby 81, uh, the single Weapon of Choice, because that was in a couple of video games and some commercials and some movie TV soundtracks around so, that time. It's not bad, but it didn't really give me much, a lot of indication to want to check out the rest of this band's discography before or since then. So I picked out this album because Rival is in Forza Horizon 3, the video game for Xbox One. You know, I was listening to that and I thought, are we sure that they didn't just listen to Gold on the Ceiling and think, hey, we can rip this off. Why not? Oh, man. You listen to that chorus. You listen to that chorus. It sounds exactly like one line in Gold on the Ceiling's chorus, but just for the whole time. Oh, I feel hurt. (laughs) Yeah, see, speaking of things that are overly long and unnecessary, I don't. the opener should not be six and a half minutes. I kind of agree. And the the vocal should not start halfway through. I also agree with that statement. Good. I will tell you, though, I think once you get to, like, the track surrounding Rival, I think this album really picks up, and I think it's great and super enjoyable. That, that I'll give you a point on. I think Lullaby might be one of my favorites. Even if the beginning, you listen to that guitar in the beginning, and I swore I was listening to a cover of Blackbird by the Beatles. It sounds... Oh, I was going to say, there's songs that sound just like it's John Lennon. And it's weird. It's... I wouldn't go that far as to say John Lennon, but there's a lot of throwback in here, which I can see given the events surrounding this album, basically... The bassist's father passed away while they were on tour in 2010 due to a heart attack. Right. Like mid-tour. So they basically made this album as a way to pay their respect to him. Because not only was uh, this guy, Michael Bin, the bassist's father, but he was also their live sound technician and a mentor to the band as well. So they sort of felt that this album, even though some of the songs are very long, like there are three songs on here that are six plus minutes and especially the closing track being more than eight and a half minutes. You didn't need to do that. Like I respect what they were trying to do here, but a lot of it just feels like it really could have benefited from way more. Um, way, uh, I wouldn't say the mixing, but way more editing. Yeah. Just cut it down. Maybe just a little bit. I enjoyed a lot of it. Like, don't get me wrong. I agree with you on the, 
the length of most of the tracks here. But at the same time, um, Let the Day Begin, Rivals, and Hate the Taste are three awesome tracks. Hate the Taste was was all right. Let the Day Begin, I thought, kind of fitting because it's actually a cover of this song, a song from this band, The Call, which the bassist Robert Bin, his, his father, was in. So basically that's another way that they're paying respect to him. It was okay. The lyrics are kind of like, here's to this and here's to that. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those late 80s rock songs that only could have been a hit in the late 80s because it was, you know, removed from, you know, glam and new wave and early 80s synth pop and we were still a few years away from grunge breaking through so it was sort of that middle ground despite being from the year 2013 let's just clarify Thank well you. yeah no it's a cover from 2013 of a song originally from 1989 so. okay yeah there we go yeah you know what else i found about things that sounded like other things uh-huh. in the beginning the very the little organ notes the little organ passage on some kind of ghost in the beginning I swore to God that was the Buffy the Vampire Slayer theme for a split second. Because it starts out the same, the do, 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 do. I was half expecting they could try to go, do. I mean, I've been watching a bit of Buffy the Vampire Slayer on Netflix recently, so that might have just been me thinking things sound like other things. I can certainly see the um, bit more of a psychedelic and classic rock influence, you know, a little bit of a Jefferson Airplane, a little bit of a, even some Strawberry Alarm Clock, you know, with the with the... Organ, I guess I would be either more of a Mellotron slash like whatever the 70s harpsichord equivalent was in that in that era of music, because I do hear it on some points when they really slow it down and get a little introspective. Unlike a lot of the albums we've done here, Josh, this album fits more into that category of I would classify it as my background music. Like it's great if I'm doing something that I don't want to focus on the music or pay attention too much to it like that's quite constantly i can hum along to occasionally you know listen to while i'm walking but also trying to pay attention to stuff that's the kind of album this is i really enjoyed it um i think the mixing is solid i love the jam guitar sound the way their guitar sounds on every track is awesome i would agree but for the bass because one of the points i will give this album is the way they have the bass be the spotlight on some of these tracks. It's a really, it's a nice breath of fresh air because you don't often get that a lot in modern rock production. You usually have the guitar and the drums and the vocals, usually the vocals and the drums carrying a good amount of the songs. But here, there are some parts where there's like a neat little bass line or he gets a, he gets a chance to really show off his chops. But there's some really nice traveling drums on some of these songs too. Leia Shapiro, I think, became an official member of BRMC, I think after uh, the effects of 333, or I I believe so, because she initially joined as a touring member, so this was only her second or third album with them. But there's some good instrumentation here. I just really wish there was more that that interested me, because it was very forgettable. A little bit more, I don't know, lyrical meaning to some of these would have been appreciated. I don't know. I quite enjoyed it, Josh. I'm glad you didn't despise my first choice of album. No, I, it's not, it's not god-awful, it's not abysmal, but I would say it's actually slightly below average. Like, I was saying if I would, if I'm giving this, if I'm giving every album we cover a rating out of 10, subjectively, most of the ones that I've picked, except for Dirge, would probably <laughs> be at, like, um, between an 8 to a 10, like in there. This... Sorry, 
Light Four. Oh, I disagree. This is more my genre. This is more my jam rock kind of listen back, enjoy it. Some of the tracks are just a well, little too long. They could benefit from being a little bit shorter, but I enjoy it and I I place it in that, you know, like six or seven area. Even well, I wouldn't say back, this would go back to what you said earlier about this being like your background music album to listen to and you're just walking to work and you know you're not really focusing on the music. I think to me what I do when I'm when I'm doing my my writing for publications or when I'm just like listening in my spare time, I find it hard to, you know, not focus on the music because that's that's the idea, you know. I mean, there's that argument of like, well, ambient music is basically just for, you know, you can use that as background music. But the idea is if you're listening to something, whether it's objectively or subjectively, you're paying attention at some point. It's it's almost impossible to not pay attention to anything. Well, that's why I enjoy the tracks that are shorter here that do have that catchy, that catchy bass riff or the guitar jamming out where you do get into those points where your attention is attracted to the music, but it's not consistent. And I would agree with you. It's maybe, maybe that's a flaw for some people. I would say that I think in this case, when we're doing this, I'm trying to actively listen. And if I start to tune out, maybe that's a flaw in the album. I think another thing to remember here is because we, of course, if you're using this episode as a jumping on point, we use all of we use Spotify for all of our albums, and there will be a link to this album in the description of this video. But on Apple Music, where I happen to listen to this, there was a deluxe version of this album with three more tracks, and that brought the running time to an hour and thirteen minutes. Did you listen That's... to those tracks? No, <laughs> because I didn't get anything out of the twelve tracks that the regular. Oh wow. Taken shot. Shot. Why spend another fifteen minutes trying to? Why would I want to spend another fifteen minutes listening to three songs that I don't think would offer anything more? And not to mention, I think. Let me see here. Are they also very long? Let's see, warning sign. Almost six minutes. The knife. Oh, jeez. Well, almost four minutes. That's not bad. Angel baby. Four. And a... Okay, but my thing is, there's sometimes some bands shouldn't be writing a lot of songs that are like over five, five and a half minutes, unless they really have them planned out ahead of time. I mean, yes, sometimes loose studio jams can kind of work. I mean, a lot of fish songs usually end up going that route, and a lot of prog rock can kind of get away with that if it's done right. But this isn't it. I, oh, man. I'm sad you didn't enjoy this. I enjoyed it. It's an album I wanted to give a listen to. I'd never listened to it in its entirety before this recording. I liked it. Josh gave it a meh. It's pretty long and boring, and I don't really like it. But I say, if you need some jam music, you guys can listen to our playlist over on Spotify, the Listening In playlist that includes all the music we've ever talked about, as well as music we're going to talk about in the future. And, guys, thanks for listening, and thanks for checking in with us. I'm Dave Moore. That's Josh Weinberg. Of course, all the links for all the things you need are in the description. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> and let the night begin, not the day. For more great discussions, hit that subscribe button or visit forgetbeingcool.com.